And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right. Thanks again for joining me today. I'm very excited to be sitting down with Hrabren Bankov, better known as Marketing Harry. He is a social media marketer with a unique and bold approach, leveraging your social media to build an audience, to build a fan base, uh, to build a tribe. Um, I'm going to let Harry speak about uh, why he's chosen his name, but a little bit of background he has built out uh, an enormous Instagram following. He runs uh, a marketing agency, and it's not your typical Instagram following. He focuses on the B2B, business-to-business content niche, which is extremely hard to create effective content that's engaging on, um, on an image-first platform like Instagram. He's gone from, uh, and he'll probably correct my numbers, but zero to over 100,000 followers on Instagram um, starting about 10 months ago which is extremely impressive considering how mature Instagram is as a platform and how hard it is and difficult it is for people to grow on. So I'm going to uh, let Harry speak about, first of all, you know, his background, um, his career, moving into uh, working and building his own agency. I'm going to let him speak about his Instagram success, his formula for success, how he combines different elements of uh, psychology, um, creative, to really create something that... Um, is, is sort of leading the way in terms of B2B Instagram marketing and not just Instagram marketing, just B2B marketing in general. So Harry, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the time and sort of dissecting, you know, your career and your strategy. Thank you so much. It is truly a pleasure speaking to like-minded individuals about topics, which I am passionate about. And on the topic of passions, my biggest passion in life is being brave enough to stand out from the competition. And this has actually been the key to my Instagram growth as well. Yes, in the beginning, you go through a process of iterations, failures, finding what your brand stands for. But as soon as you get over that period, then it is incredibly important to be brave enough to get off uh, your high horse and get off any mask that you might be wearing and show your true self. People like calling this authentic. I like calling it being brave. And mm -hmm. this a huge reason for why I chose my name is actually my real name, which literally translated in Bulgarian means bravery. Krabren means bravery. And I have utilized this personal capability of mine and amplified in every single element of my social media presence. Touch points such as my visual identity, the red colors I use, the textures that I use, the imagery that I use, which is quite provocative, and my tone of voice as well. 
So I have been optimizing everything from the beginning in order to cater to my bigger vision. And a large portion of my following, which right now is called the brave ones, has found this va valuable. They have resonated with my point of view. And based on that, I have been able to grow exponentially. You actually completely nailed my numbers. I grew from zero to 100,000 followers in less than 10 months. And keep in mind, this is keeping an engagement rate, which is well above average, both in terms of likes and overall metrics such as saves and shares. Okay, so this is, um, you touched on a lot of stuff and this is like a, a marketer's dream because you, you spoke on, um, you spoke on building it a tribe, a community, you spoke on authenticity, you spoke on um, having that vision and everything you're doing basically built from the, you said Bulgarian, yeah. translation of your name is driving everything down to the tone in your messaging to the colors i'm assuming even like the font styles like it's all exactly. trying to you have this you have this image in mind this is impressive very very impressive i didn't know that it went this deep but i'm glad it does because we're going to get into that in a second so before we go into that because that's a lot to unpack okay your career right now you have your agency what's what's the name of your agency brave marketing Brave so you can see that there yeah. is overlapping in, the, in that as well. Yeah. Okay. So what did you do before your agency that led you to where you are now? Yeah. Great question. So my backstory is that ever since I was a young child, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs who had all kinds of businesses, most of them offline because it was over 15 years ago. And what I saw was that my parents, just like me, they got bored from a certain business quite quickly. So they built a certain business. In the building phase, it was often on games. It was quite exciting for them. But as soon as it started scaling, they lost interest and they started pursuing something else. <laughs> and because this is something that I saw growing up, I turned out the same way. From the age of 10 years old, I began hustling in different entrepreneurial ventures. I started front-end developing. This was my first passion. I created a couple of websites and then I got bored. I began working in different mediums, such as marketing, learning about branding. And keep in mind, I was 11 at that time. <laughs> I created mock-up projects and every single thing that caught my attention, including e-commerce and including some more traditional business routes, just lost it for me and then something clicked i was at the startup event in which you had 72 hours to create a startup from zero and in that short period of time as most started all startup owners know you have to fill out as many roles as possible so mm -hmm. i went from first idea generation building the product through marketing and visualizing the product and i fell in love in marketing because i had the ability to touch points with a whole wide range of different businesses. So for example, right now I can help personal brands scale on uh, social media. I can also help B2B brands trying to, for example, sell their software. And this diversify, uh, diversification of my clients enables me to stay immersed and find even new ways to dominate the social media playground because I am constantly finding new ways, new clients, new industries in which I can thrive. So this has been my journey. At 17, I formed my agency. At 19, I began working with UNICEF, FEMA, Cambridge Coaching. And right now, in I actually turned 21 tomorrow. That's why we Jesus, had to reschedule. So young. 
I didn't realize you were so young, man. That's incredible. So this what you're like entrepreneur all like basically since you were like 10 years old. You've never yeah. you never did that route where you went into a company and then nope. you pivoted or you just full in at 17 you started an agency. Yeah. Actually before that I I started uh, working with, a, uh, I began a startup actually with my friends that failed miserably as most startups uh, fail. I, be, I worked for a short period of time at an, as an intern. Again, I then went to a partner position in that digital marketing agency, but I got bored. Mm -hmm. I wanted to create something meaningful for myself. And that's why in 17, I began my social media agency career. I created my first agency. Of course, it felt miserably at first. I was just able to scrape a few clients locally at the time. And currently I'm working with experts from almost every field imaginable in almost every single continent in the world. Six out of seven. Unfortunately, right now you can't sell anything to penguins in Antarctica. So that is the only continent that <laughs> I'm not on. Now, when when um, when penguins get uh, Instagram, then I'm sure you'll be right yeah. there because uh, you're obviously you're doing something right. But you've been doing this so starting at 17, you've been doing this now. Uh, so you've been doing this since 17, so what, seven, eight, nine, so like yeah. five years now, um, uh, give or take. And you know, it's obviously difficult to start, but now I see your progress and the strategy that you've built out for yourself to be exponentially better than I would say like 95, 99% of agencies. Like there's not a lot of agencies that really walk the walk. There's not a lot of agencies, social media agencies that can build out their own audience than their own yeah. community. They generally just fall into this really low bar, like the, the, bar, the barrier to entry for B2B social content is just so low. And they sort of just fill that gap in providing like a maybe a slightly different perspective on B2B social content. B2B content in general is just, I find horrible for most people, for most big brands, they don't do it well, right? They, they're yeah. sort of like, this this boring, they're posting links, they have this monotone voice. Yes, they have a, they have a really recognizable brand, but they're not doing anything innovative. They're not stirring emotion. I think people are afraid to do too much yeah. outside of what is considered to be a B2B norm in, in social media. So you've done this for yourself, sort of self-taught, right? In theory. Exactly. Yeah. So I how, did you have... learn? how did you learn yeah. how to do better than agencies that have uh, CEOs that have been doing it for 20, 30 years? How did you learn how to do this so well? Yeah. So I actually have a couple of different backgrounds. Of course, I talked about my childhood, my entrepreneurial parents, which contributed a huge margin to who I am as a person right now. But I actually have a bachelor degree in computer science as well, which I took for two years instead of four. And I am quite intrigued by human psychology. So I've been utilizing every single source of my background as an inspiration and combining it into something which stands out for me, which is data plus human psychology and user behavior into something which enables you to basically take something which, as you mentioned, is quite boring, understand the roots of it, and based on that, translate it in a language which stands out from the competition. So for me, the biggest thing has been, because I am so young and because no one has any expectations of me, it is quite easy for me to think outside of the box. Mm -hmm. 
And at the same time, I do believe that most businesses get everything wrong when they are in the business and the building stages, the initial stages of their business. Most businesses succeed because the owners are so passionate. And this is something which I have seen in my childhood. Mo mo the businesses of my parents succeeded because people and clients were able to form personal connections with my parents. And most businesses nowadays have really enthusiastic founders. So, for example, Facebook is an example of that. Mark Zuckerberg had a passion about what he was doing. And with time, he was able to scale that passion in a business which made sense in terms of economics. But you have to be able to find first a founder which is passionate about what he is doing. And then if you are able to translate his language and place that at the front, for, uh, at the front of your brand, then you're going to be succeeding. Mm -hmm. And right now, most brands are really scared of that. Uh, only a couple of brands such as, let's say, Amazon, Tesla and Facebook are utilizing this principle. Steve Jobs was one of the iconic founders as well with Apple. But since his passing, Apple has lost its touch in that regard. Mm -hmm. So I do believe that most businesses have everything backwards. They start with the key to their success, which is the, their founder, the passion of the founder, the human communication, which most people are seeking, the emotion, as you mentioned. And then they add different business elements suffocating that human emotion, which people are a lot more likely to connect with. Mm -hmm. I, Whilst the winning formula is actually reverse, you start with something which is a business foundation. So making sure you have, for example, the right business model, making sure that your idea is scalable, and then you add the personal touch of the founder or of the whole company culture, which you can amplify and people can connect with. And I do believe that this is the winning formula on social media, because at the end of the day, social media is all about being social. Mm -hmm. And I think that obviously you're doing that well on Instagram. And I'm going to ask a question about Instagram in a second. Um, but everything you mentioned makes sense in theory. And you have seen some businesses, like I mentioned, not many, and I think you'll agree with me, not many are doing it right, but some businesses do it well. Like if you look at, for example, um, Morning Brew on Twitter or yeah. even Fast on Twitter, they're, they're killing it right now. Um, Ahrefs is doing very well on, on YouTube. Um, they provide a, like a lot of educational content. Uh, I was looking at um, even like blogs, like certain blogs, like HubSpot has a killer yeah. blog, like Mark Robert's putting out all this educational content. So you do see some examples of people that are are living what you've you've said in their content on different social platforms, but not many on Instagram. Instagram seems to be the one thing that nobody could really get right in B two B. So why did you go into it? Why didn't you just try and yeah. replicate on another platform and just kill it on Twitter or YouTube? Yeah. And this has to do again with my ability to merge different fields. So I have a passion of designing. That is why I went into front end development uh, in the beginning of my career. And I also have a passion to, for teaching. And Instagram made the most sense in terms of the content format. So I am utilizing carousels, which are basically 10 single images combined into a whole, whole story. And I am making sure that they are appealing to the type of user, which is on Instagram, which in most cases is seeking something visually appealing as well. So Instagram made sure that I, I made sure with Instagram that I'm combining my passions, visual and data driven approaches. 
And at the same time, it would be a huge mistake not to mention that I also noticed the trend with those car shows. Chris Doe and Misko, so they, these are creators which started the car show trend, Michael Janda as well. So I noticed the exponential growth and results that they are seeking, and I was one of the first to actually implement this successfully again. So I, I am probably wave two or even wave three of the this carousel trend on Instagram, which is working fabulously up until now as well. Yes, I think it, I think you've nailed it. There are some big names um, that have that have definitely sort of set set the bar for Instagram content. I would actually I would include you as one of those. You know, you're very humble saying you're wave three, but you're right. There are some other large names that are doing it quite well. Um, but you're also you're also doing it. Like, you know, before we're talking, uh, before we started recording, you said you're also doing it on LinkedIn. So yeah, it's not just, it's not just Instagram. You're finding a way to visually represent business content. So visually representing business content is great. And in a carousel format, like you mentioned, it's obviously working well, but there's other components that you mentioned when you were first starting to talk about bravery, your brand, your vision. Yeah. So what, what are the ingredients? Cause it's not just putting images. Cause I see a lot of carousels now that actually yeah. don't do quite well. Um, and Chris is definitely leading the way. So definitely when he puts something out, people like, uh, and if you know, people are listening uh, at the Chris Doe is one of the people that um, Harry just referred to. He sort of started putting these out on Instagram. So he has some momentum when he puts something on his page um, it's designed well, but he already has a great audience. There's a lot of people now that yeah. are trying to build out audiences with carousels, even myself included. I try and, put together my own they don't have the same reaches as, as you i haven't built out my audience with carousels so i'm still trying to figure out what works best for me but um for you you sort of figured out this formula or these ingredients that work that have brought you from zero to 100k i'm sure a lot of other people started 10 months ago as well and don't have a hundred thousand followers so what are those ingredients that you figured out work? yeah so one of the main things which I knew from the beginning is key on standing out on any social media platform and actually dominating it is finding your unique positioning. And something which obviously I began since the beginning was trying to find ways to fill a gap in my marketplace. So I was studying competition and at the same time, I was studying user behavior on Instagram. How I was doing it, well, quite simply going on hashtags, going on my competitors' pages, for example, Chris Doe, studying what their audience is commenting and what they are not seeing. I just want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of our show, Vidyard. As a sales and marketing executive, I have used Vidyard and I was super happy when they reached out. What is Vidyard? Vidyard is the easiest, most powerful video solution that allows you to create videos, host them ad-free, share them with others, and track their performance. You could be recording videos for sales or marketing campaigns. This is about connecting your business, humanizing your business, and reaching out to your customers or your prospects in a way that allows you to communicate a message that is meaningful, authentic, and human. I've implemented Vidyard, used it in my sales and marketing campaigns with my teams and myself. You put a face to your name with the video. You record your face, your screen, or both. It could be used for prospecting, follow-ups, product demos, you upload, you embed these videos into email campaigns, landing pages. You can include interactive elements to personalize the video, increase engagement, add call to actions. And then of course you have to measure, make sure it's working. 
It's integrated with analytics. You can see how the video impacts your revenue, your demos, your meetings booked, your conversions, your sales. Vidyard is a game changer. It is a magic bullet when creating sales or marketing campaigns that will allow you to grow your business. I'm a huge proponent of selling and marketing through video, so I'm extremely excited that Vidyard set this up. Now, what is this gonna cost you to actually test this out? Absolutely nothing. Let me explain. So Vidyard set up a link for everybody listening to this podcast. Go to vidyard.com backslash Scott. If you go to vidyard.com backslash Scott, you can use Vidyard for free. They made this link. There's no promo code needed. Signing up is as easy as possible. Go to vidyard.com backslash Scott. You can use it completely free. Today, you can start using it, start integrating it into your sales or marketing or outreach strategy. And if you use this link, you will also get, as a bonus, their 2021 B2B Video Trends Guide that speaks about how to use video to grow your business. Vidyard has literally changed the game in terms of outreach, sales, and marketing. So do yourself a favor, especially because they're giving it to you for free. Hit that link, vidyard.com backslash Scott, and try it out. Most frequently. And then based on that, I was able to draw certain trends and certain structures, which I can then replicate in my content. And because I was doing this for five, 10 creators and their audiences simultaneously, I was able to draw inspiration from a lot of different sources and then combine it into something which is unique in its own. So this is probably the second method which you can utilize to stand out on any social media platform. Identify five to 10 influencers which are already doing well, find their trendy posts, see what their audience is not think about those posts and start replicating it in your content strategy. And I would say that method one is what we discussed in the beginning. Being mindful enough to notice what is either your biggest strength or biggest weakness. For me, my one of my biggest strengths has been my mentality of being brave, which comes from my name, and then amplifying it. So I use both method one and method two to stand out from the competition, which has been one of the fundamental lessons for me on social media because unless you find a way to stand out you are going to blend in and become a noise mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and when you when you when you stand out one one thing that you mentioned again previous to this was not just standing out but over teaching so out or yeah. out teaching rather the competition so how do you out teach the competition when you can only put so much content into a post or a carousel? Yeah. How do you choose what's relevant and what's not? Yeah. So I created several different mental models for myself, which I follow with every single piece of content, not only a carousel, but for example, my email newsletters or my LinkedIn posts, articles, my YouTube videos, every single piece of content which I put across my different mediums is optimized for these mental models. One of these mental models is making sure that at the end of this content piece, people have something applicable to try out. And the light bulb moment for me was when one of my comments, and that's why I absolutely preach connection with your community, because most of the time people have the vision which you don't have because they are looking from a different angle. Mm -hmm. 
And one of my comments actually mentioned that I want to try this right now. So if your content is driving people to want to try something immediately, so it's that practical, it's that implementable, then you have a right type of content. That is how you out teach your hmm. competition. It doesn't have to be a step-by-step -step process. Like for example, if you noticed in our conversation previously, I gave a step-by-step -step process on how to study your competition. Mm -hmm. So this is one form of practicality, but you can also change the mindset of your users. So you can do this with something which is more of an inspirational, not as educational piece of content. So it's different ways, but the one thing they have in common is that you need to leave your audience with something simple and tangible that they can follow. Mm -hmm. That way, no one else can take away the value you just gave because people are already starting to implement what you're saying when they see that it works, they're building even more positive feelings about you. I like that. Um, I've, I've just, I like the way that you phrased out teach and I wanted to understand what that meant. And that makes a lot of sense. So stuff that you can immediately take away. And the other point that I wanted to touch on, um, we have sort of touched on this a little bit, but the psychology of, yeah. of the posts that you put out, the content you put out. So when you say you incorporate human psychology into your content. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. So out teaching your competitors is actually one psychological factor just rephrased. Mm -hmm. It is the reciprocity factor. So the more you give, the more you will receive. I scratch your back, you scratch my back. So by out teaching your competitors and giving the most value in the marketplace, and again, value is subjective based on your mm -hmm. audience, but by giving the most value in your marketplace, you're building the most positive feelings towards your brand as well. And this is the reciprocity principle. Right now, I'm giving so much value. The second I, for example, want to promote something like my newsletter, free ebook, my website, my YouTube videos, this podcast, people are going to be jumping on it because they already have in mind what kind of, uh, some kind of expectations that I've built through reciprocity with them. So this is just one of the many principles in psychology that I am utilizing daily. There are also different biases. For example, what's a version bias, which you can take advantage of by placing, let's say, highlights in your Instagram profile and optimizing those highlights for watch time. Because when someone checks your profile, they check your bio, they check your content, but they also check your highlights. And the more you, time you make people spend on your profile, the less likely they are to leave you without following you because they already, they say to themselves, okay, I spent five minutes already on this profile. It must be good. Mm -hmm. I don't want to waste those five minutes. So I'm going to follow him. So this is an, another example. I am also utilizing in my visual identity, a lot of elements which are capturing attention, stopping the scroll of the users, which are all connected to human psychology and my favorite field in psychology is actually evolutionary psychology. So for anyone interested in that, I definitely recommend a book called Seeking Wisdom from Darwin to Munger. So from Charles Darwin to Charlie's, Charlie, uh, Munger. Yeah, Charlie Munger. Yeah, yeah, yeah Charles yeah. Munger. Yeah, um, that's very interesting. Um, and I think that you, you sort of dissected all the components. Now, there's a lot for somebody listening who has yeah. never really gone into 
any sort of meaning or really given any thought to a meaningful Instagram strategy. He's like, oh my goodness, like the the highlights, the the copy, the call to action, profile picture, the vision and the brand and the color and the psychology and the and the education and all my posts. Like that that's a lot for somebody. So obviously, you know, yeah. Well, besides hiring an agency like yours, with the, that's a a little plug. But um, <laughs> what would be what would be the things that somebody could do today if you look at a yeah. very average b2b or business instagram profile they could immediately yeah. point them in the right direction yeah so every everything on instagram growth comes down to two main elements traffic and conversions just like in the website so you drive traffic to your profile that's called profile visits and you can quickly see your um, the amount of profile visits you get in your insight right now at 100,000 followers, I get anywhere between 15,000 profile visits to 20,000 profile visits per week. And then conversions, meaning what amount of these profile visits, which aren't following you yet, turn into followers. And the first thing you need to do is identify if you have a traffic problem, meaning you don't get enough profile visits to your profile or you have a conversion prof uh, problem, meaning that you don't convert enough profile visits into followers. So if you want to grow more, then you need to go back to this simple formula, traffic and conversions. Afterwards, for example, my conversion rate is above 35 to 50%. So at let's say 10,000 profile visits, I get around 5,000 net followers. So that's around 50% conversion rate. And the power of conversion rates is visualized quite easily. Imagine that you have 1,000 profile visits per week, which is quite average. From those 1,000 profile visits, would you prefer 500 followers or would you prefer 100 followers? And that's per week. When you multiply this by 52 weeks, so the weeks in one year, you see the big difference in the numbers that you're going to be mm -hmm. getting. Mm -hmm. That's a smart way of looking at it. So, so know that, your numbers first. You can't do anything without knowing your numbers. Yeah. And then after you reach a conclusion, if you have a traffic problem or a conversion problem, then it's quite easy. You need to either generate more traffic or find a way to optimize for conversions. Generating more traffic might mean improving your content. It might mean spending more time being social on social media. It might mean optimizing your posts for export page, hashtag pages. It might mean even optimizing them for the new search feature, which is coming to Instagram or creating different types of content, which are trendy right now, like carousels, reels. It might mean collaborating. So there are a lot of different ways to generate more mm -hmm. traffic, but you need to first identify if you have a traffic or a conversion problem. And afterwards, for the profile optimization, you need to show empathy for your users and this is again where psychology comes into place you need to oh to merge the technical elements which is data driven and the human elements mm -hmm. because at the end of the day every single social media platform has an algorithm but the truth is that these algorithms aren't important at all because the goal of the algorithm is actually to chase the user because the user is constantly changing his preference his behavior on the platform so the algorithm's job is actually to catch up to the user. And most creators are stuck in the loop of catching up to the algorithm, meaning that they always stay one step mm -hmm. behind. 
That's why in my approach to social media, I try to combine both. I try to understand the algorithm and what he is seeking, but I also try to show empathy for the end user. And that way I'm not constantly chasing the algorithm, which is constantly changing, uh, chasing users. I'm going directly for the users and I'm going directly for the algorithm. Very good. I like your approach. I think that there's um, a lot that people can take away from how you approach social. Um, because that one point you made about uh, creators always chasing an algorithm, I think that that's something that you see quite a bit, um, even on even yeah. on even on marketing forums um, and conversations with people that are relatively established marketers. Uh, they're always trying to figure out the algorithm, trying to figure out the algorithm. Yeah, and that's all they're trying to optimize for. Which, like you said, is, is is a hard thing to to base your social like your social strategy on. Um, yeah. Okay. So, what I like to do, um, we have there's a lot of good stuff that came out of this. I do like to finish these off with more questions about you as an entrepreneur and a creator, just some life lessons that you've learned over your career. But before I pivot, um, was there anything else that you wanted to bring up about about marketing and I'll get all your socials and whatnot at the yeah. end. So don't worry about that. But uh, like your business, Instagram, creative content uh, strategy that we didn't touch on. Yeah. So the biggest thing is actually mindset. I do believe that growing on social media is 80% mindset and 20% knowing your technical elements. If you don't have the right mindset, no matter how much work you put in, no matter how well your understanding of social media is, you're going to mm -hmm. be failing. And that's actually where most business owners make the mistake. Yes, they might hire an agency, but one month after not seeing results with that agency, they are constantly going to be changing different agencies. And that's because they don't have the right mindset of patience. They're constantly probably comparing to competitors. And that is leading them in a rabbit hole, which as mentioned, no matter what kind of resources or knowledge you might have, if you don't have the right mindset and the right expectations, you're going to be failing miserably. So the biggest thing for me has been commitment, making sure that I commit to a certain schedule and a certain goal, because even though that my agency has been successful and that at the beginning of 2020, March 31st, when I began my journey on Instagram, Putting in 14 hour days on Instagram wasn't worth it for me. I was already established with my agency. I had clients like UNICEF, FEMA, Cambridge Quoting. So there was no point in me wasting so much time on an activity which didn't generate any revenue for my agency. But at the same time, I had the bigger picture in goal. I committed and I didn't quit, which is something that 90% of people make because you never know when you are going to be going viral. That's why you need to stick out. You need to commit. Of course, you need to know when to quit as well, but don't quit too early because your next post might have been viral and it might have changed your whole. Life. Yeah, it's, it's the balloon effect, right? So, you, you know, you, you, exactly. see, you see marginal improvements over a year, two years, but then all of a sudden, all that cumulative effort it just yeah. explodes and and all of it, and then you get this incredible yeah. amount of traction and now that two years of where you got to two years is doubled in a month or two months or whatever um that's yeah. very important as well but it is important to know it is important to know when to quit but it's also important to not quit too soon that's right so it's that fine balance right that's a very good and mindset very good like very good. yeah 
Like anything in life, it's a balancing game. Very good. Okay. Um, As an entrepreneur, as somebody who's built out a successful agency, somebody who wants to go and build an agency, there's a lot of agencies. What would be advice that you would give somebody going into entrepreneurship? Always find ways to over deliver because that's the best way of getting new clients. And David Ogilvy has said it the best. If you want more clients, the best thing you can do is focusing on the work you have right now on your desk. Because when you are over delivering, when you're treating the business of others like your own business and you're doing everything in your power and even above it in order to satisfy them, you can bet that they are going to tell their friends, that they're going to be telling their business partners and that your business is going to be growing exponentially. Up until 10 months ago, my whole business has been built on referrals. Yes, I was part of networking organizations such as BNI, but most of my business has come from referrals because I did a great job at something and people made sure to pay me back. Again, the reciprocity principle that we discussed a way back. Good advice. Um, a myth about either marketing or Instagram more specifically um, that you want to debunk. The biggest myth is that the algorithm has anything against you. And this can be said in life as well. Okay. I just wasn't meant to be right, or I just don't have work or everyone else just has more capability than me. No, the reality is that everyone has potential and everyone can make it work. They just need discipline, the right mindset and commitment. So. No, the algorithm doesn't have anything against you. No, you don't lack work. No, you have the right skills at your disposal. You just need to be brave enough to show them. Very good advice. Um, what's a, a resource? Could be a book, a person. You mentioned one, but you mentioned actually yeah. a few um, that you'd recommend people check out that have helped you on your journey. Yeah. So there are a lot of different resources. As a person who has been self self taught. The biggest advice that I can give to other people who are trying to learn a new skill has been first understand what kind of format you learn the best at. For example, it could be audio, it could be video, it can be written. So by understanding that you can actually cater every single resource and consume only one type of content because that's the most effective way for you to learn. So I will be giving resources for every single type of um, type of content consumption. The book that has influenced me the most has been Win Without Pitching Manifesto. So this is a book which is suitable for anyone growing an agency or who has client relationships with different businesses. So this is uh, the book that I recommend. The podcast which I recommend is Marketing School by New Patel because he loves diving deep into the data elements and experimenting with different uh, different uh, cases, trying them out on his own and then reporting mm. back uh, as well as success <laughs> podcast as well. And the video channel, which I recommend the most, especially for Instagram marketing has been, Hey, Dominic, and for creator business in general, the Chris Doe is my favorite, which with the future. Yeah, no, that's a, that's man. I asked for one resource and you just, that's awesome. Thank you. I actually have to <laughs> check out, I have to check out that book. Cause I've never read that book. I, I'm going to, yeah. It's I've a great one. 
it's yeah. really short and it's really okay, impactful. Good. That's another one to, to go Amazon or Audible. Um, okay. Uh, a lesson you would tell your younger self, even though you're already young. Be patient. <laughs> no, no worries. No worries. I get that a lot. So the biggest thing would be be patient. Uh, yes, I because I felt different startups and I had a lot of experience even before starting out and I felt a lot. I was I had a certain amount of patience to me, but to be honest, the amount of mental strength that it was required in order to not compare myself to competitors in order to stay balanced and stay focused, in order to not let the inner voices of doubt get to me, was immense. And it tired me, it made me tired all the time. So the biggest advice I would have would be just be patient, don't quit and you shall win. If you have this mentality in place, then you can put unlimited resources and still feel motivated, still feel excited to find new ways to improve. And that's the way you make business and social media work for you as well. Because even right now at 100,000 followers, I'm constantly trying to learn from my competitors, from my audience on how to improve and how to develop myself. Because you need to be brave enough to go out of your comfort zone, to be humble enough to admit that you're not perfect because no one is perfect. Perfection is subjective as well. And at the same time, be constantly learning new ways to improve, adapt, because the most adaptable truly survive. Tomorrow, Instagram might change their algorithm. Tomorrow, your government might uh, announce a new wall which makes your business unoperational. Mm -hmm. So you have to find ways to adapt, survive, and commit to That's smart, and I think that that's something that, um, if anything, 2020 has taught us, right? It's a major, major disruption. Yeah, exactly. Um, towards what we thought was comfortable and safe and jobs that we thought were comfortable and safe and business models that we thought were comfortable and safe has been turned upside down. It's a very good, it's a very good thing to sort of keep with us and, you know, hopefully things will get back to normal, but never to forget that, that, you know, that you always have yeah. to be doing the, like learning and improving and being flexible in your approach. And that's really how you win. Um, great points. Uh, last question before we get all of uh, your socials and, and whatnot. Um, what does success mean for you? Success means sustainability and balance. I was, yes, I'm, I'm quite young, but a couple of years ago, when I was just starting my agency, I was at the point where in which I was overworking myself to the point in which I actually was hospitalized. Hmm. And at that point, I realized that, yes, my whole life up until now from 10, to 17, I have been constantly avoiding working for someone else, creating a business of mine with the goal that this business will make me free. And at the same time, the amount of work I was putting myself through was restraining me. So for me, success means sustainability. There isn't any point in you making seven figures, eight figures, whatever your goal is, and then burning out and yeah. Or ending up in the hospital. You need to have, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you need to have the mentality of the long-term game. This doesn't mean procrastinating, but it means taking smaller goals and enjoying life. Because at the end of the day, you create a business 
so the business can work for you, not the other way around. Very smart. Very smart. Okay. Um, most importantly, where can people connect with you, your agency, social uh, websites, all of that? Thank you. So the best way for people to connect with me right now is my YouTube channel because I just started it out several days ago, meaning that I don't get uh, spammed with messages all the time and I can reply really swiftly. So marketing hurry, the handle is the same on LinkedIn, Instagram and YouTube, but the best way to connect with me would be okay, on my YouTube good. channel. And is there, you have your agency as well. Do you want to put the, that uh, website in the, in the show? Oh, okay. not really. My agency, yeah, my agency is found by the people who are brave enough to seek it. So I keep it wow. on the back end. Very my impressive. front end is definitely my. Yeah, so it is all you. referrals. You're you you are confident that well. Yeah, I guess you 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 uh, you you walk the walk because um, if you're getting all that traffic just from your own name, you're doing something right. So good job. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it. Each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success.
Hey everyone, I just wanna take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story too. So there's five brothers, they filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professional to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much, Indeed, for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 